What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great week so far. Doug here, one of the host, producers, and creators of the Genre of Your Life podcast, bringing you a review bonus episode this week. Uh, we're still going to have a normal episode of the Genre of Your Life podcast coming out this Friday. Uh, Nick and I got invited to a very special screening of the new Indiana Jones movie, so we're going to be reviewing that on Thursday, on Friday. So, uh, in the meantime, I wanted to put out this review episode, which will be me reviewing uh, the new Jeffrey Lawrence comedy, No Hard Feelings, as well as season two of the FX Hulu show, show The Bear. So I wanted to make sure that this week's episode is going to be uh, more focused on Indiana Jones with myself and Nick reviewing the movie as well as talking about more box office news, stuff like that. So I wanted to give out this bonus episode. So you have two episodes this week to hold you over and to like hear some more reviews coming out. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, I want to say like a week or two ago, I said it's going to be a busy summer of reviews. So we're going to have a lot more reviews coming out both on our podcast platform as well as our YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, guys, um, as always, you can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform of choice. We just added actually our show on YouTube. We're working on video, maybe this summer or early fall to have video format, but uh, you can find the, also find the full audio show on YouTube as well at our YouTube page, which is Midway Avenue Productions. Um, again, as always, too, our social media handles uh, for TikTok and Instagram are at Midway Avenue Productions as well. You can find me uh, at the Young Jones on Instagram, and I've been doing more kind of like out of theater quick um, tweets on my Twitter, which is at Capri underscore Sun S O N. Um, yeah, guys, but as always, thank you guys so much for your support. And again, while you're there at the at the YouTube or social medias or podcast pages, um, hit that follow button, hit that uh, leave a review rating helps us out, helps the show tremendously. And as always, guys, thank you so so much for your support. Alrighty, so. As I mentioned, this bonus review episode is going to be uh, two things. Again, as always, one show and one movie. Um, and the movie this week is going to be uh, Jennifer Lawrence's new comedy, No Hard Feelings. And you know what? I'm a big comedy fan. I love seeing comedies in theaters because, you know, the energy and, you know, the audience is always kind of like additional factor of, you know, the kind of the viewing comedy experience in the big screen in, in the cinema. Um, I love going to comedies in theaters, man. I really do. I mean, just... It kind of embraces, like, kind of enhances, like, in the viewing experience, like, seeing with the crowd, people laughing, people cheering, people clapping, it just, you can't beat it. And I think because of COVID and the rise of streaming services, you know, we're seeing a lot more comedies being sent to, like, Netflix or Max or HBO or Hulu, whatever, which, again, is giving out content. I love that. But you can't beat, like, being in a theater. This is for all movies, too, if you ask me. But being in a theater... But it's a comedy, and people are just going crazy and laughing. I mean, I have my some of my favorite memories of going to movies, I mean, big comedy movies, or in the theaters, whether it's uh, Hangover movies, Bridesmaids, uh, Neighbors, anything like Seth Rogen, Judd Apatow movies, um, Bros that I saw at the screening last year with Billy Eichner, Game Night, Tag, uh, Blockers, uh, Good Boys. It's 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 just fun seeing a comedy like that. We are ready to art comedy. Uh, in the theater because they deserve to be been on big screen, seeing it with the audience, seeing it, laughing with each other because you know what, life's too short. I don't feel like if you can laugh with with one another with a crowd, whether it's going to go when you the comedy stand up, you just can't beat the feeling of seeing a comedy with others in a big screen, a big auditorium. It's it's the best. So with this, I was very excited for this movie uh, for two reasons. Was one is that big Jennifer Lawrence fan, I think she's a great actress, but I wanted to see her more of a you know, comedic actress because you know she's definitely funny and. Stuff like Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle, but those weren't comedies. And, you know, in the last movie she was in before this was uh, Don't Look Up, which is a star-studded cast and directed by Adam McKay, who's, again, a very good director of comedy, which is, you know, 
stepbrothers, Anchorman, Talga Knights, uh, the other guys. So he knows his comedy, but she for sure kind of flexed her, com- uh, her comedy muscle in that movie. But this one was for sure, this is her show. She's running the show here. This is going to be a full-on comedy. Again, a radar studio comedy, that is. And this is her movie. So looking forward to that. Also, the guy doing it, and I'm probably going to butcher his name. It's I believe his name is Gene Stubnitsky. Um, and he actually has a great, yeah, Stup, yeah, Stupnitsky, what his name is, and he has a really good track record. He know, he was a, one of the story writer, one of the staff writers on The Office with his, um, uh, writing partner, which I believe is Lee Eisenberg, I think his name, and, um, he also, again, wrote stuff like, uh, show that I, I love that came out this few, uh, a few months ago, which is Jury Duty. He was one of the head writers, creators of the show, and he made a movie a few years ago called Good Boys. He came out in 2019. And I kid you not, guys, that movie, I seen that opening weekend with some friends. I was in stitches. I was crying, laughing. I almost peed my pants multiple times. And I remember seeing that movie just, I was just crying. It was so funny. I was laughing. Yes, it's very, I know, it's middle schoolers cursing, getting, getting into trouble with, you know, with like parties and alcohol and drugs. It's, it's a very, it's a very definitely like middle school version of super bad. But I remember seeing it. I just was losing my mind. I was cracking up. I think this is hilarious. I remember like telling all my friends about it and my family about it. I bought on Blu-ray the moment it came out. Oh my gosh, this movie had me in tears. I was cracking up. For sure, one of the favorite comedies I've seen in the past maybe 10 years. But also a favorite movie that year, uh, which was 2019. And that movie just cracked me up. And the more I thought about it, I was laughing and laughing about it. Um, I love that movie so much. It's a very underrated movie. So if you haven't seen that yet, I recommend seeing Good Boys for sure. So with this, going in. Okay, cool. Good, good actress, good writer, director. I'm sold. You know what, guys? I had a great time with this movie. It's a very fun movie. Um, you know, for me, it's like I said, it's very fun seeing rated R comedies, especially comedy in general, coming back to the big screen, back, back to the theater. Um, you know, I'll be reviewing Joyride next week, so I'll look out for that review. But these two, this movie especially, it just it's fun being in an audience laughing. I mean, last night too, I was kind of weird. I'm like, oh, it's a Tuesday, it's a discount Tuesday. Maybe people want to go see this movie. It did okay over the weekend, box office wise. And I was so glad that I walked in and more people came, was coming in each and every minute. I'm like, great, this is going to be a packed house. I love it. And it made the movie so much better, if you ask me, because people next to me were crying, laughing. The people next to me were, were dying, laughing. People in front of me were crying, laughing, clapping. So I was like, you know what? This is awesome. I was laughing out loud multiple times. Um, this was a very fun movie. I had a lot of fun with that. I said, Jennifer Lawrence, this is her movie. She's really running the show. Um, you know, she's very good at physical comedy, too. You know, I think physical comedy is very, like, hit or miss. I think Jim Carrey is definitely king of that because... You know, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, he had this kind of like motion to him that was very kind of like electrifying as an actor, but as a comedic actor too, it was very kind of just like attractive. It was very like, ooh, this is like, this is vibrant. I like this a lot. He's bringing a lot to the, to the energy, to the screen, to his performance. And I saw a little bit of that in this movie where Jennifer Lawrence is really doing a lot of physical stuff, but also just doing a lot of stuff that like, you know, she's really full on comedic actress in this. And again, like I said it was fun seeing her. This is her movie seeing her full-on comedy, like the traditional rated R comedy, not getting like a Silver Linings playbook or, you know, American Hustle. This is a comedy comedy. This is like full-on comedy. Um, and she was great in it. She was such a good, she did such a good job. And a lot of moments that she was doing crack, were cracking me up. Even the small moments that like, I'll, I'll pick up on that. It's cracked me up. Um, and you know what? In the bottom of it too, this movie had a lot of emotional, a lot of sweet parts to it, you know. Um, if you don't know, the movie's basically about um, this girl in her 30s, you know, she her mother left her this house in like upstate New York. Um, but you know, times are changing, you know, the economy is changing, and she can't, she hasn't paid her taxes in a while. And then she's an Uber driver, she lost her car, so she's kind of stuck for cash, she's about to lose the house. 
So she sees an ad on on um, on Craigslist saying, "Hey, need a car? We'll give you a free car. Date our son. He's 19 years old. I go to college in a few months. He's just very awkward. He's very socially awkward. He's, you know, he's glued to his phone. He has no friends. Like, if you, if you date him, we'll give you the car basically. So she meets the parents. She kind of goes, "Hey, listen, do you want to date him? Yeah, date him. You know, show him the ropes. You know, get him ready for college, or whatever." But he can't know. So she comes off she comes off really hard and she's like, yeah, she wants this car really badly. So she comes off strong and hot and ready. She's like, let's go. So, um, Deborah Lawrence getting a chance. She really kind of like, once you see her first interaction with this boy played in Percy, she goes all in. Um, and again, this kid is very 19. He's very social. He's a gamer, likes anime. He's very nerdy, very sheltered, very kind of just like, you know, closed off to the world. He's again, he's just in his own world, basically. Um, and he has no social skills whatsoever, but, it's kind of her job to kind of bring her out. And yes, there's a lot of raunchy R-rated stuff to this too, but at the core of it too, there's a lot of emotion, a lot of cute moments too that are like, oh, she's trying to help him out to get him ready for college because, you know, like she never get, never had that. She wants to like, wants him to get ready for like his own, his own little journey in college. So it's a very sweet, yes, she's trying to get this car for sure, but she definitely like cares about this kid a little bit just to like, you know, get him to like where he needs to be for college. Um, a lot of heartfelt moments. Um, yeah, and this movie, again, it was funny. It was a lot, of, a lot of good laughs. There's parts where literally I was cracking up out loud, I, laughing really loud. I was like, okay, can I miss this? I miss it, laughing like this in the theater. Um, whether it's getting small moments where we're at the bar or they're drinking or whatever or or the kid thinks he's, he's being kidnapped by her and like he, she, like he's maces her or whatever, pepper, pepper spray or whatever. It's like, oh, this is, this is funny because it's getting its physical humor, but it's not overdone, not like over the top, whatever. And it's, it's funny. Um, you know what? And a lot of people, a lot of a lot of the side characters also had a lot of funny jokes that were like kind of quick bits here and there, but it wasn't like an ongoing joke again and again. And again, her friends, like the married couple friends she works with, um, were funny. While one bit kind of riffing on each other, like husband and wife, like trying to riffing on each other, like you're this, you're that, whatever. And that was really funny. Um, the guy who plays the uh, Gary, the tow truck, is the actor from The Bear, which I'll be reviewing later. Um, he has a lot of funny moments as the tow, as the tow truck guy. Um, yeah, it just worked. And, the, and what I love about this movie, too, is that they casted an unknown to play the 19-year-old. Like, they didn't cast Tom Holland or Finn Wolfhard or any kind of fam- or famous kid actor like that we've seen before in, like, Stranger Things or whatever. Because that, to me, kind of takes away, like, kind of, like, the, the charm of the movie. If it was a Tom Holland or someone that we knew, it's like, yeah, but I know he's that kid from someone's Sorry, Saw him, right? And, like, we, a lot of people didn't recognize him. So I'm glad they picked an unknown because it works better because they like the chemistry between him and Jennifer Lawrence. So it works on that level too. And let's see, like I said, it really definitely, again, also an hour, 40 minutes, you're in and out of there. I love a good short, um, not short, but like well-paced comedy because, you know, there's comedy, you know, again, I love Judd Apatow, but there are a lot of movies where some of his movies kind of like drag on a bit towards the end or a little over two hours. You're like, okay, this this could have been, you know, wrapped up a little bit, a little tighter or shortened out a little bit, but no, it's a good hour 40, good pace to it. Jokes are landing. I will say, though, that the first half had a lot of better jokes, I think, a lot of better time jokes. Second half still has a lot of jokes, but focusing more on, like, the emotional, kind of heartfelt moments. Still jokes here and there, but I do think the first half is very stronger with the comedy, if you ask me. It doesn't take away from the movie itself, but I will say the first half definitely had the better jokes, better comedy to the movie. Um, yeah, also, too, again, I really give props to the studio. This was Sony. Sony, the cast crew, I mean, producers that this was another original comedy that I feel like again we live in an era now that's it's going to be either a remake of a comedy, a reboot of a comedy, or a sequel, whatever. This was an original comedy sent to theaters, not to Netflix or Hulu or 
prime max whatever it's refreshing to see that i really do i give him all the props to that because again this summer i think we're seeing a bit of a not a surge but you know more of like we're seeing more original content in the big screen we're seeing original co- movies like this like a joyride um like a asteroid city and i really do give the theaters the movie the- uh, studios props for you know taking risks taking chances on the original ip because i think we live in a world now where it's just like everything every week is a reboot remake sequel blockbuster um uh, marvel's superhero whatever franchise and it's fun seeing again i love those movies too i'm not poo-pooing them but as a you know viewer as a critic it's definitely to me it's very refreshing to see that so i had a great time with it um you know again see this movie with the crowd if you can see it on the big screen because you know again it, go, go on a date night it's a good good day night movie for sure just go see it in the theater go laugh you know go laugh for an hour 40 minutes have a good time it'll put a smile on your face for sure i, I left out a smile on my face for sure so i had a good time with it i would definitely recommend seeing this movie i would definitely give it i would definitely give it seven seven out of half for sure i do think there are parts where i was like okay it's, there are parts that are predictable a lot of things are kind of like, okay, yeah, this isn't new, or like, what's gonna happen with these people? Like, you kind of knew like certain things are gonna happen to like certain characters, um, like events or whatever. And like I said, it's not this comedy is not it's like all oh, kind of the Hangover or Bridesmaids. Like, oh, this this is a new. We're seeing something new. It's it's formulaic at times for sure. It's not really reinventing the wheel of movies or comedy movies. So we've seen it before. So I will docket points for that. You know, it is original movie. It has some formulaic stuff to it from like other comedy movies but again it doesn't hurt the overall movie whatsoever but yeah i'll definitely give it a seven yeah seven i think seven out of ten for sure definitely worth seeing may a matinee but i would definitely see uh full price as well and it's just fun seeing a funny movie like that in theaters and i can't wait to see what this guy does next you know like i said i love good boys i think he's great he was one of the staff writers um for the office with the writing partner um if you're a big office nerd like i am uh, i'll give you an example he was um him and his, and his writing partner were the guys in the episode of The Office where uh, uh, Frame Toby, where like he, where Michael wants to buy like marijuana from these guys, like the, the the Vance moving guys, the Vance, uh, uh, the Vance moving supply guys, whatever. Um, and he and then Michael buys like fake wheat, like, uh, like salad off of them. Those are the guys who wrote Good Boys. He did this movie, and they and they wrote, they wrote um, um, they created uh, Jury Duty. So good comedic writing guys. Again, I like seeing guys like this kind of like. Do features, do funny features. Again, like I said, I love Good Boys, so I'll definitely see that as well. And um, yeah, it's again worth seeing in theaters. So that's my review for No Hard Feeling, which is in theaters right now. All right, so second part of this review bonus episode is a show that, excuse my French, I absolutely fucking love. I love the show, which is FX and Who Loses the Bear. I remember seeing the trailer for it, and I was like, okay, Chicago, as a former Chicagoan myself, and who actually grew up near where this movie, where the show takes place, I was like, oh, the, for sure close to home, but I don't know, I, I'm not a big foodie, I'm not a big, like, ooh, like, stuff about chefs and about, you know, Food Network, or, you know, things about food, and I was like, yeah, it's, I guess, whatever, and another like, kid who's in it is the kid from Shameless, from Shameless that everyone loves, again, I wasn't a big Shameless fan, to be honest with you, I was like, eh, it's fine. It just wasn't for me. I tried watching it a few times. I was like, it's too dis- too dysfunctional for me. It's too kind of like, eh, didn't work for me. Now there's some great actors in that move in that show, but it was, wasn't for me personally. Um, but I knew the, the kid uh, who was in the, who was in both Shameless, um, Jeremy Allen White, who was in Shameless, and the Bear is a good actor. I knew he, he has acting chops to him for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I love the show. So anyway, so I remember season one came out last year. Everyone's talking about yeah, watch the show Bear, and I was like, yeah, I'll watch it eventually. I started it. I was like, okay, I'm into it, but I'm not hooked yet. 
And then midway through the first season, I was like, now I get it. This show works. This show definitely works for multiple reasons. Um, and what the genius about the show is that it's so chaotic, but you love seeing the chaos and you love these characters. And you're like, oh, I get it. And again, it's it's so dysfunctional in so many different ways. Which again, for me, I, know, I just said that it was too, too dysfunctional for me for Shameless. But for some reason, this is more like controlled chaos. If that makes sense uh, for this show. Again, I also think again, knowing what that area is, how close it was to my building growing up for 18 years in Chicago. Again, it also kind of hit a note for me personally. Um, also, they talk about Chicagoans. It has a Chicago kind of feel to it. So I'm like, okay, this for sure feels authentic and real. It didn't feel staged, whatever. Um, and I remember watching the entire season one. I was like, man, this show is awesome. Again, really fast paced, chaotic, funny. You laugh. You, you laugh through the you laugh through the chaos. You laugh through the kind of the uncomfortable comfortableness of it all. But it's funny to watch. You're like, man, the characters are so like they're absurd, but they're not like they're not too like. Oh, you can't. You don't hate them. You're like you're, you're kind of an ass, but I you're a likable asshole in a way. So I can get down with this. I can root for you. Whatever. I thought the first season was was really good. I came up for season two. I was so excited for it. I totally forgot season two was coming out last week. I was hyped for it. I was like, awesome. And, you know, again, I was like, it, they all came out. It, the one one con I will say, though, before I begin my review of season two was, I think Hulu kind of dropped the ball when it, come, when it came to releasing all the episodes at once. And here's why I'll say this. I think we've kind of deterred from that a lot the past couple of years. I want to say right before maybe... HBO Max was released and Disney Plus was released. Was that you know we were seeing more week before those came out. It was mostly like I think all at once dropped Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, everything. And then once Disney Plus came out, Apple TV Plus came out, HBO Max came out. We were seeing more weekly release stuff, and I'm like, huh? I was like, interesting. And I think what they were smart about that was. Because it was building tension, it was building momentum, building anticipation for each week, and then you saw a lot more streaming services do that, like the like Amazon, like Hulu, Netflix was doing that weird thing. It was like Volume One first, then Volume Two a few weeks later, which I kind of get, but also I'm like, oh, I, got, guys, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, but not really. But I was seeing, I think that was a genius move on them because it was building momentum. Like, okay, cool, we can we can gain more followers, we can gain more anticipation more eagerness for the show um you know it 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 definitely i think that was definitely a really smart move to do the weekly releases um i think a lot of more streaming services and networks kind of picked up on that because like wait wait, we're we're building momentum we're building anticipation whether it's a game of thrones whether it's a mandalorian whether it's ted lasso um you know i think the weekly release strategy was working a lot and I think streaming services were definitely getting kind of a not boost but like they were getting more subscribers like you know word of mouth like I mean Ted Lasso especially have you seen Ted Lasso yet no people were getting Apple TV just for Ted Lasso so or HBR Max for The Last of Us or a show like that it was it was building excitement building more and more momentum that got that attracted more and more viewers and audiences for these shows and I was very surprised when I heard yep all nine episodes of season two of The Bear are out and I was like huh I, I get it but do I agree with it? Not really, because I think that I think that a lot, a lot of shows that are dropped right away, all, all episodes in the season are dropped right away. They kind of come and go, or like again, example Netflix movies and shows. Netflix dropped their movie, whatever a show. 
unless it's like a Squid Game or or a Stranger Things or Nar- yeah, those two for sure. Or maybe, maybe oh, Love Is Blind is definitely a show I like, but I think definitely it kind of release they're no weekly, which is smart. But shows like that, I think a lot of shows that are dropped all at once or a movie too. After two weeks, they're kind of like. They're done. Like I think example last year was like the Gray Man was all this hype for this movie with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. That was so hype for. I actually didn't watch till like months later. I was like, I'll watch it eventually. I like my, my hype for kind of die down. But as a thing, when these shows are dropped or movies are dropped right away, like once, and then they're gone the next few weeks. Like they're still there, but it's like the hype and the talk about them are kind of are kind of gone or kind of missing now. It's like oh yeah, came, kind of came and went. So I was like, ooh, I hope not for this season of The Bear that people are still talking about it more and more each week because once once you give viewers and audiences that ability to binge all in one sitting, you're done. And I feel like two weeks later, like, oh yeah, new show's coming out. Or this new show or this new season show coming out. Focus on that. And I'm like, it kind of hurts the reputation of the show and the quality of the show too. This is, again, this is me personally. So I do think the con, I think Hulu maybe should have done a weekly release beginning, building more momentum. Oh, your favorite show is back. Guess what? I think the day with season one was also all in once, which again, it was a new show. So I, I kind of get it, but this show was so popular. Now it's one of the most, pre- most streamed Hulu premieres of all time, which is getting great. But uh, strategy wise, I think maybe doing it weekly would have helped them in the long run of building more people, building more, getting more audiences, getting more, you know, uh, TVs, you know, logging into Hulu or, or, or signing up or signing up for Hulu, whatever. So I think that would have been a smarter move. That's just my quick take before I give my full review. But again, I think the weekly release schedule may be working better for other shows. Again, me personally. But no, this show, again, quick note. If you're if you haven't seen the show yet, if you suffer from intense anxiety or panic attacks or like don't do well with high stressful situation, the show is not for you. I want to get the quick note right away. This show is not for you at all. It, this show is stressful to the bone. And I this season especially, there was times I was watching, I was like, I need a break. I'm feeling stressed the hell out. I need to go on a walk or do something or read. I, I was stressed outside. The whole the, the entire show, I was like, wow. But that is kind of the appeal of the show, how stressful it is. Like you're kind of watching this chaos, and it kind of attracts people to watch this, how, how chaotic it, it is. And boy, oh boy, this season is chaotic as hell. Uh, because I think to me, some of the, this show to me, I think really does a good job of, again, the, to the casting too, everyone in the show is casted perfectly, whether it's Marcus, whether it's Tina, whether it's Sydney, whether it's Carmi, whether it's Richie, whether it's, um, Sugar, uh, uncles, everyone, this show is casted brilliantly. And, you know, I don't talk about, I talk about casting a little bit on the show here and there, this show to the casting director, bravo! Because really, you cast everyone perfectly, and they really make again too. Is that I knew, I know some of the actors, Abby Elliott, knew Jeremy Allen White, but I didn't know most of this cast or actors before watching the show in general. And now these actors, our actors, kind of upcoming, excuse me, are becoming more household names, getting getting more recognition, and that's brilliant because they, they they deserve all the all the recognition in the world for the for this for the show because the acting in this is so it's a masterclass if you want to it's a masterclass in acting, directing, storytelling, writing, and production. It really really is, and I tweeted this last night or this morning was that I think this is definitely by far some of the best television I've ever seen in my life, and I'm. 
I'm more of a movie guy than TV guy, but now because of streaming, I'm watching more TV, kind of learning more. And I, also, I write TV stuff, and I write more TV than movies nowadays for shows, uh, for you know, personal projects. So to me, this was definitely, I learned so much just watching the show of like, wow, like how well they write their characters, the dialogue, and it feels so authentic. You know, again, as a Chicagoan, I know real Chicago, and as a former Chicagoan, I know real Chicago, and I know fake Chicago. This show is, is so true to Chicago in so many different ways, where I'm like, wow, good on them. They have the facts down, they have the people down, they got the like environment down, they got the nature of like being in the city, you know, the you're, if you're living in Chicago, how you're, you know, certain characteristics, certain kind of like behaviors, they add this down so perfectly where I'm like, if this was written by Chicago off the street, I would have believed it. Because I'm like, wow, this is this is so true to what Chicago is. Because, you know, so many times you see movies that people are like, quote unquote, from New York or from a certain place. You're like, this looks it seems so staged, seems kind of fake. This show really has the authentic feel to it that I really give the like, stamp of approval. I'm like, you got it down perfectly. Way to go. Um, two things, you know, performances. I think to me, this this thing, the three big were to me were, besides Jeremy Allen White, who I think won the Golden Globe this year for like best comedy or best drama, whatever actor in the Golden Globe, well deserved. But three, Richie, Sydney, and Marcus. Um, all three of them, these actors just, just oh my gosh, they really put on a performance. All three of them, I was like, wow, I, I'm I'm so invested in their stories. And what this show does brilliantly in this season too is that. Everyone gets again. This is very impressive too. Is that everyone gets their moment to shine? I mean, every character, whether you're a family member, you're part of the, you're part of the kitchen, you're a chef, you're a cook, whatever. Everybody in their in this show, in this season, every character gets their moment to shine. If you're in a if you're a primary or secondary character working at the working at the restaurant or part of this family, you get your moment. You get you get your moment. Uh, your, your, your character gets a moment to shine and the spotlight, whether it was Tina, Sydney, Marcus, everyone, um, Richie, everyone in the kitchen, Sister Sugar, everyone, or uh, Fack, um, everyone gets their moment. And I was like, wow. The fact that the show, the show again, not a movie, but a series is able to give each of their characters their proper, their flowers and their proper moment to shine, to me, is just brilliant TV filmmaking writing and direction that's to me is like in storytelling that's like wow i really could not get over that like wow they watching about the season i was like they're really giving everyone their moment whether marcus is going to amsterdam going to amsterdam for a season uh, for an episode tina going to culinary class her moment to shine at a karaoke scene sydney who really was a who's a really big heart of the show is you know t- trying different foods trying different restaurants kind of getting the feel for like hey you know we're building our restaurant what do you what do you what's your advice what do you recommend and all of it, Richie learning how to be a better person, a better, um, better coworker, a better, a better man, better father. It, everyone gets their moment, and I'm like, how is this show getting better and better, but also giving the time to give everyone their moment to really break through as an actor and a character, giving their moment to like, yo, I am this character. This is my moment. I'm doing it. It's just brilliant. So again, I, I can talk about this all day, but really was that, that really kind of stuck out me this, this season that they really season one for sure was more Carmi story and like his story with, with his brother who passed away, and then with his story. But season two really gives gives it takes the time and the effort to give everyone in the kitchen, everyone in the crew, their time to shine and a moment to break the rest of their character, and it's beautiful.
great soundtrack. And the soundtrack probably one of the best TV soundtracks I've heard in a long time. Good music, ranging from different variety, different genre, different varieties of music. Fantastic soundtrack. Cinematography. There's some really cool shots of of Chicago, both aerial, you know, which is like above shots on the ground through the city where I was like, okay, this is Chicago. This isn't like filmed in like quote, unquote Atlanta or LA or a back lot. Yeah. Quote, unquote, this is Chicago. No, this is Chicago. And that authentic feel to it is really what kind of drives me, drives it home for me personally. Um, great Chicago, uh, again, great photography, you know, two episodes that started with me, it was episode number four and episode number, I want to say it was episode number eight or nine. I think last episode, Episode number four was a great episode of, you know, Will Poulter, you know, who was from Guardians of the Galaxy. He was in Black Mirror. He was um, the nerdy kid from We're the Millers. Um, I remember my mom, we talked Guardians of the Galaxy for Mother's Day, Volume 3 for Mother's Day. My mom was like, who's that boy? The little gold boy. And I was like, that's the kid from We're the Millers. My mom goes, no way. And I was like, yeah, it's him. And it still, still kind of caught me off guard. Like, yeah, it's the same kid from We're the Millers, nerdy kid from We're the Millers 10 years ago. That His episode with him and Marcus, it was a beautiful moment of just like, wow, how beautiful this is. And the two of them, like, you know, Marcus is learning from him. And I don't spoil too much, but, like, Will Poulter plays a character named Luca that has kind of a tie into the show a little bit, but I don't want to spoil it for you. But it's really smart how they do it, like, later on in the season. But it's this really beautiful moment between Marcus and Luca of just, like, learn. He, Marcus wants to learn more about pastries, and he's going to the right person to, like, learn from. And it's, just, it's a really beautiful moment. Like, they're joking, but he's, like... Luke is not yelling at him. He's like, he, want, he wants him to do, wants him to succeed, wants him to succeed as well. And he's giving Marcus the tools to do so. And it's a very beautiful moment about like kind of like a friendship becoming, but also like Marcus wanting to learn from a really master chef, which is Luca. I love in all Amsterdam. I love that scene. I really do. Um, and, episode, and second episode was episode again, second the last one where there's this really beautiful shot, and it goes by, it goes down the line of all the characters in the kitchen. And it's going to flashback to, like, season one or crucial moments of their characters, both in this season the last season. And they go down, literally everyone. It's a quick five, a few seconds to, like, flashback scenes. It's just, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And I'm sitting there getting goosebumps. And I was like, wow, they really are just going down this line. It's, it's, it's a important moment for the for the show. I, I won't explain what it is. Again, I won't spoil it. But it, they go down the line of, the, of each character and quick flashback, quick flashback, quick flashback of a really crucial important moment of of the show so far i said again this is brilliant storytelling this is brilliant uh television um tv writing and this making and i'm like wow i'm in awe so those are two episodes that i think were the big highlight for me um again jeremy allen white you know he as an actor he shows off a lot of emotion just by his eyes if you watch the if, if you watch his eyes in this show especially both this both first season this season you, you learn a lot from him, and you feel for him just by watching his eyes, and now he's getting this performance just by the eyes, and it's like, wow. Um, this for sure is a show, again, I said before, it's a love letter to Chicago because how authentic it is and how the cinematography is being shot in actually Chicago. Uh, the comedy for sure comes from the controlled chaos and how comfortable you are. It's labeled as a comedy. I wouldn't call it a straight up comedy. It's for sure a dramedy because there are funny moments that are like awkward and you're like, and you're laughing through how uncomfortable you are and the chaos of it all. Um, the big one that everyone's talking about this season is the Christmas episode. I find out there now. Jimmy Lee Curtis plays uh, main, main uh, character Carmi's mom. Again, brilliant casting. You're just like, wow. I think I won't spoil too much other, other cameos, but a lot, of, a lot of big cameos in this uh, hour episode, Christmas episode. And I'm telling you, I'm watching this the other day. 
I had to pause and take a walk because I was like, my anxiety would trigger my anxiety. I was like, wow, I need to sit down. I was like, I need to go for a walk, get some fresh air because, whoo, this was watching it made me feel just like, oof, uh, sweaty and uncomfortable. But it, that episode kind of showed how dysfunctional this fan that the car, uh, Carmi's family, the, I'll say the Brazados, I think Brazado, let's see, Brazado, Brazado, uh, Brazado, let's see. Yeah, Brazado, the Brazado family, how dysfunctional and how crazy they are. But you see that all of them have their own demons that they're dealing with. And you see that a lot between Carmi and his mom, getting played by, Jim, by Jamie Lee Curtis, how they really are, they have their own demons, but they're so similar. Even though they're different in their ways, you see how similar they are because it's like, woof, like they are mother and son, but because they, they have the same Brazado kind of, you know, demons they're dealing with. Um,. Uh, uh, the chemistry between everyone again is on match. I, you know what, which shows especially that you can tell chemistry is kind of forced or like it doesn't feel earned. The chemistry feels, like I said, it's all authentic. It feels like an actual kitchen of cooks, staff, everyone. They really do a good job of having having each cast member really work with each other and bringing out different emotion, different performance out of each other. And that's you want that in a show. I think with actors, I've, I have multiple actor friends. That I say, I, mean, I want a good scene partner that can like elevate me or enhance me or you know kind of like bring to the next level i think that in this show especially each cast member kind of elevates their you know their peer and their co-star and it's like wow you you're getting, you're getting performance out of each other because how brilliant you both are together in the scene or the group so yeah um one more thing i'll mention about the chicago authentic feel to it is that there's there's a few scenes we're talking about like chicago history or the cubs you know i'm a big i'm in chicago and you know i moved to arizona I'm a big Cubs fan, and when they when they won the World Series in 2016, that was a very special moment for me and my family, um, and it was and all of Chicago. You know, you know, I, you know, I moved the year they won. You know, they you know, I moved the year they won the World Series. It's just like the dialogue is so like they're so down with like Chicago Cubs facts and Chicago history facts, and I'm my research. I'm like, yeah, it's so true that they did the research. The writers on the show did the research of wow, like they got they got everything down to a T. This is correct. That's correct. It's real, and it's like wow. They the writers. I love shows that have good writers, but when you have writers that do their research and do their facts, bravo! Like hats off to you because that's brilliant. If you ask me, the camera work in this in this in this, in this season is phenomenal. But the last episode again, I won't say what when they're when the scene when they're going through two different rooms, whether it's the kitchen or the front of the or the front of the restaurant. The mood shifts immediately, and you feel a change in tone and mood once they come out of the kitchen into the restaurant. Restaurant to the kitchen, you feel the mood and shift the shift of the tone and mood every time. And that just to me was you know, the music changes, the sound changes, the chaos changes, and you're just like, wow! Just by the camera work alone, you see this big change. It's a second or two, or a second or two. Then take a minute or more. It's a second or two. And it's there. You're like, well, scene change. I feel it now. I feel differently. Back to the kitchen. You feel differently. Back to the restaurant. You feel differently. I'm like, just from the camera work alone, brilliant, 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 brilliant. And I was like, and I, I rewound it, rewound it a bunch of times. So I'm like, to watch a scene, I was like, yeah, you feel a shit in your body. Like, I'm not in the same place anymore. I'm in the back of the kitchen. You feel, you feel how stressful it is. Go to the restaurant, more relaxed. Look how stressful, but more relaxed. Boom, back chaos, music changes, da da da. And I'm like, wow. Again, I, I, you know, I'm not a big camera or cinematographer kind of person, but I'm learning more about it. 
And the show especially, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a masterclass in, in camera work and cinematography because I was like, brilliant. Um, you'll probably never watch the show or hear, or hear, my, or hear our podcast. Uh, Chris, Christopher Storer, my friend, he, he's the director and creator um, and main writer of the show. Please, man, hats off to you, man. I give you my full applause because you really, you really made the show something really special. And I think nowadays, too, I think you see a lot of shows with a dip in quality each season or maybe like a spinoff series, whatever. It's really, it's really impressive to see a show like this where season one was already great, but season two, you brought it to a whole new level and then the quality even got even better and your storytelling, his, 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 um, his direction, his producing, his, his writing really elevated. And I think he, he improved on his quality a hundred percent on this. And it's like, again, it's very impressive to see a show continue on in quality and you know keep improving because again you see a lot of dip in quality and mandalorian uh and yeah i love ted lasso there was some parts i'm like yeah it's not good season one but it's for sure it's for sure noticeable in seasons when you it shows you're like wow yeah that you see a dip in quality but this season two i think was really he again he really went above and beyond with his with his direction and storytelling um i would love to see what he does that what is next uh, I mean, after this show, or if he does a feature film, whatever, I, sign me up. I want to see what, does, what the guy does next because, again, he's a young dude as well. I love seeing young talent really kind of like, you know, really have grasp on storytelling and filmmaking. And I think he has a great voice for, uh, uh, for filmmaking and storytelling. So uh, I can't wait to see what he does next. Um, like I said, this again, um, this show you should know too. It doesn't have the best ending as always, and I think it, without spoilers, this show does not end on the best note. But again, if you know this show, it's not surprising to you. But I, when the show ended, I was season ended. I was like, I cannot wait for the next season. Like, I wish it was tomorrow or next week. So I am so invested. I'm so fully involved with these characters and everyone. And just again, all the star, all the cameos, the stars they brought into this season it was like, wow. This show must be really, really touching a lot bunch of audiences and everyone and different actors because. They have so many big, and almost spoiling a lot of big cameos and stars are in are in the sh- the season. I was like, wow, they must really love this show because they brought the stars, the star power for sure. Um, like I said, guys, please watch the show. Please support the show. It's on Hulu. All both seasons are out right now. Both season one, season two. There are thirty. There there's some longer episodes, mostly like 30, 35 minute episodes. There are lots of longer ones, but this show to me really is some of the best television I've ever seen in my life. And it's, again, genius, again, I said masterclass in acting, directing, storytelling, camera work, sound design, everything. And I was just really just floored by this season. I think the season's even better than the first season, if you ask me. It's a brilliant show. Again, hats off to everyone involved, cast, crew, directing, everything, producing, um, everything. And I'm not a foodie, but, like, I want to learn more about food now after seeing this show. Where I was like, I want to see what kind of food, what kind of food is or what restaurant I should go to next and kind of, like, learn more about it because i was very very intrigued by all of this and like i said it's a brilliant show please watch the bear it's really phenomenal but yeah guys that will conclude my this review roundup bonus episode like i said this this week we'll also have a full review of the show we got moses coming back finally um to the show our we get one of our founding members founding co-hosts and i i bet you probably a lot to say about the writer strike in la you know he's right now located in los angeles so Looking forward to seeing what he says and what's he up to with his post-production of his new short film. Like I said, yeah, uh, you know, Nick and I will be seeing uh, Indiana Jones uh, uh, tonight when, when, as I'm filming this. Um, 
uh, those early screenings. So can't wait, can't wait to review that on the show for you guys this week. And like I said, it's going to be a summer movie, guys. We are already at the end of June, early July. We have a lot more to review, a lot more coming out. So hope you stay tuned with us. And we'll see you guys next time. And we will also see you at the movies.